At the beginning of a worship service, whether in person or online, we pause to affirm that the land where we gather has borne witness to thousands of years of indigenous history, culture, and spirituality, and continues to provide a rich and fertile context as we grow together in spiritual community. Both of our church buildings are located on Treaty 6 in Edmonton, Alberta, along with many of us who are Zooming in this morning. As Unitarian Universalists, our first principle is the inherent worth and dignity of every person, which I believe to be a keystone in reconciliation. I acknowledge my role as a treaty person and feel called to explore what that means and how to be a responsible and respectful ally. Welcome to our fourth joint service shared between the Unitarian Church of Edmonton and Westwood Unitarian Congregation. This is our last formal service for the year. Next week, Westwood is launching their summer serendipity services over Zoom. The link can be found at westwoodunitarian.ca. Come join us in a time of thoughtful reflection and community building. My name is Heather and I'm from Westwood Unitarian and I use she, her pronouns. I'm overjoyed to be your service leader for this animal blessing service. It has been really fun seeing all of your adorable and beloved animal photos pop up in my email. I'm joined by Corrine Jackson from UCE and Westwood's minister, Reverend Ann Barker. I bid a special welcome to those of you who have found us while we are on Zoom. We've been through a lot together, the early days in getting set up and the later days while we continue to adjust to staying online. Connection and community are vital to us, especially as we stay together well apart. I look forward to meeting you, getting to know your heart and your mind as we grow together in this community. I invite you to gather your chalice or your candle if you have one, and we'll light our chalices together with a reading from Florence Kaplow, a UU minister, named All Animals Are Our Relatives. We light this chalice in honor of the animal realm, furred and hoofed, two-legged, four-legged, many-legged, fanged and clawed, gentle and fierce, wild and tame. May we remember that all animals are our relatives, worthy of our care and respect.
fortunate enough to be raised in this liberal faith tradition. I have benefited greatly from the generous donations of time and talent from both of the congregations, as well as from the CUC. For ways to donate, please visit the homepage for each respective church. From you I receive, to you I give. Good morning. Come hoof and trunk and tail and horn and paw and wing and claw. Come bird and reptile mammal born, all full of nature's law. Bring bark and crow and ribbit too and silent stare and hiss. Bring purr and trill and warble too and voice no ear can miss. We gather here, each life and all, to celebrate and sing, to honor creature large and small. Tis holiness we bring. The Calling of the Creatures by Ian Riddell. It is said that St. Francis of Assisi expressed his devotion to God through tending the poor and the sick and through his love of the animals. The story goes that Francis would even preach sermons to them, calling them his brothers and sisters. He loved the larks that flew about his hilltop town. He and his early brothers, staying in a small hovel, even allowed themselves to be displaced by a donkey. In our faith, our traditions include the recognition of our real and right loves. May they be expressions of our commitments to a meaningful life within the interdependent web of all existence. We are not bound to a feast day or to specific practices, but there are practices that many of our congregations share that give us time for those sacred pauses, the moments when we reconcile our lives to what is true. A blessing of the animals is one such ritual shared by many of our congregations, not specific in its timing or in tribute to any saint, but rather a heartfelt expression of our love for the most innocent among us, the creatures who have found their way into our lives and who have rewarded us for our care by showing us the truth of interdependence, that we are not alone, that we are needed and that we too have needs that life is more full with a companion at our side, and that the most faithful companions are often the most humble creatures, grateful for the simplest food, a gentle touch, and the simplest ways of loving care. How many humans have been comforted or reassured by an animal? How many lives have been saved when a soul is feeling lost or hopeless by the need to carry on to care for a pet. How many lessons are learned watching creatures at work or play? How many lessons are learned as we learn that training is more about the behavior of the humans than it is about the behavior of the animals? 
Teresa Soto writes in their book, Spilling the Light, this reading entitled, When Your Best Friend Has Four or So Legs. What it means to have a pet is to love someone who speaks a language you do not. A dog will bow and prance, a cat will purr and blink, a guinea pig will giggle and squeak. A long time ago, a friend of mine had a dog with soft ears and considered herself the pup's guardian, a gentle way to think of protecting and caring for a friend, such a small gesture of respect for a source of boundless love. The dog's pink tongue lolling in a goofy grin. The cat convinced that kneading and grooming are crucial to his day. A bird asking for a treat, bending a wing to wave. These are friends. They are loves. It's kind of a surprise that you should love someone so much who would eat the butter on the table if they could get away with it and gets endless hair on the sofa when they aren't even supposed to be on the furniture. When they are called companion animals, it's such an open, tender truth. The endless cuddles and tricks and loyalty. The comfort of fingers to fur and big adoring eyes. These are friends. They are loves. They stretch our hearts to fill them with their abundance of kindness. And when they are gone, our hearts remain larger, though their absence leaves room for expanses of grief. Their love champions and companions us still. It is the end of the church year, and we have been through a lot together. At UCE, you have experienced the retirement of a long-term minister and spent months making your way on your own as you enter into this big transition time. At Westwood, we embarked on a major building project in a building that we now do not enter out of love and devotion for one another. We have forged some new connections between our congregations, helping one another, sharing skills and services and social times more than is typical in our recent memory. And while we all seem to be making it through, helping one another with needs and concerns as they arise, it is also true that this is hard. We are living amidst an uncertainty, a kind of invisible threat that none of us have experienced in our lifetimes. The world is slowly reopening, but we know that short distances away on a global scale, that the threat is still very real and indeed growing. It's hard not knowing what is too much caution now or what is enough caution. It's hard waiting. It's hard to be in isolation and it's hard to be displaced. But one thing we do know is that in these difficult four months since the COVID pandemic reached our province, the fostering and adoption of animals has significantly increased. People have realized since they have been staying home that the company of a loyal friend is priceless. And there is no more loyal friend than a furry family member. We can grow sourdough, but that does not curl up next to us or lick our noses. 
We can nurture plants in our homes and gardens, but the immediate reassurance of a lively dependent is like nothing else. Elaine Roberts once said to me, remembering her Rosie, that there has never been anyone so excited to see me return from taking out the garbage like that little dog. We don't all get to have animals in our homes all the times when we want to. Sometimes we have allergies, sometimes the cost is prohibitive, sometimes our living arrangements or our busy lifestyle make it so that we can't or they're not allowed in our building. But all of us have been impacted by animals in our lives somehow. Animals we've seen or known or learned about. So I invite you to just sit in a spirit of reflection for a moment and think about the times in your life where you have been changed or impacted by an animal. Think about childhood experiences. It could be a pet or a visit to a petting zoo. Maybe you lived on a farm or went to see one with a school trip or you went camping and saw creatures in the wild. could be an adult experience. A time you've cared for someone else's animal or your own. The hard decisions we need to make when we're responsible for a creature's care. All the times we've learned about nature and the applicable lessons. What we know about life and honesty and equality simply from participating in this interdependent circle of life. Fins or fur, skin or scales, hooves or horns or beaks or barks, our creature companions change our lives. We learn patience, determination, frustration, and fortitude. We learn about loyalty, devotion, vulnerability, and dependence. It isn't always easy, and in fact, sometimes it is very hard. It isn't always what we expected. It's never really predictable. Sometimes it breaks our hearts. It is always a lesson in love. We're going to transition here. Corrine Jackson from UCE has two short readings for us. And when Corrine is done, Brenda from Westwood will play the slideshow with your animal beloveds. Corrine. I have two readings from a novel by Sharon Creech called Love My Dog. We were going for a drive and my father said, we won't be gone long, you come too. So I went and we drove and drove until we stopped at a red brick building with a sign in blue letters, Animal Protection Shelter. And inside we walked down a long cement path past cages with all kinds of dogs, big and small, fat and skinny. Some of them were hiding in the corner, 
but most of them bark, bark, barking and jumping up against the wire cage as we walked past, as if they were saying, me, me, choose me, I'm the best one. And that's when we saw the yellow dog standing against the cage with his paws curled around the wire and his long red tongue hanging out and his big black eyes looking a little sad and his long tail wag, wag, wagging as if he was saying, me, 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 choose me. And we did. We chose him. And in the car, he put his head against my chest and wrapped his paws around my arm as if he was saying, thank you, thank you, thank you. And the other dogs in the cages get killed dead if nobody chooses them. Yellow dog. My yellow dog followed me everywhere. Every which way I turned, he was there, wagging his tail and slobber coming out of his mouth when he was smiling at me all the time, as if he was saying, thank you, thank you, thank you for choosing me. And jumping up on me, his shaggy, scraggly paws on my chest, like he was trying to hug the insides right out of me. And when us kids were playing outside, kicking the ball, he'd chase after it and push it with his nose, push, 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 and getting slobber all over the ball. But no one cared because he was such a funny dog that dog sky, that straggly, furry, smiling dog sky. And I'd call him every morning, every evening. Hello there, sky. The end.
Thank you. And thank you to Jennifer McMillan for that great animal medley and for all of you for sending in your beloved creatures. This is the time if you want to bring creatures to your window that we're going to say some blessing words, uh, but we can also hold them in our hearts and our imaginations. I'm gonna leave Maisie in her laundry basket where she's safe and the computer is safe. Oh, I see creatures showing up in the windows. If we were in the Westwood building, I would get our little jar that we call holy water, which is water that we keep from all our rituals and traditions and use that water to confer a blessing on each of the animals. I would dip a flower or a finger in it and touch each animal's forehead and say these words. May you live long in health and comfort and be blessed by your experience of life. And instead we are in Zoom windows. So I'll share this blessing with you from Maureen Kaloran. For the blessing of animal companions, we give thanks. For the beautiful ones, those whose fur is silky and whose tails are long, whose feathers are brilliant and whose voices are splendid, we give thanks. For the frantic ones, the runts and the hungry, who run for the food bowl or a pat as though this is life's last possible gift, we give thanks. For the obnoxious ones, the heads that butt against us, as we're trying to sleep, the bodies that refuse to learn discretion as they make digestive gifts, we give thanks. For those who bark and purr and growl and mew, for all who squeak or squawk or snarl or hiss or neigh, we give thanks. For the animals unknown to us, those whose niche in life's web is fragile, whose lives are insecure, for all who care for them and wish them well, we give thanks. Blessed are the animals. Blessed are the creatures who live with us and need our care. Blessed are the mammals and the reptiles and the birds who teach us we are not alone. Blessed are all living things from whom we learn how to love. And now to each of you, animal or human companion, I say, may you live long in health and comfort and be blessed by your experience of life. Blessed be and amen.
It has been a journey, an honor to journey with you all through this difficult season. And I pray that each of you has a summer of nourishment and well-being, whatever shape that takes in your life. So let me say for one final time today, to each of you, animal or human companion, may you live long in health and comfort and be blessed by your experience of life. Blessed be and amen. Carry the Flame is a traditional closing at UCE. Please enjoy this snapshot from a time when we were previously together.